0: So this morning, I want to come to you from uh, two passages of Scripture in the Bible. Uh, The first one from Romans uh, chapter 1, verses 1 through 7, and then the second one is our gospel lesson for today, uh, coming from Matthew uh, chapter 1, 18 through 25. We're in the Advent season, and Advent uh, is, is many things to us as the church, but one of the things that it is is an introduction to the coming of Jesus. Advent means uh, coming, and so we're expectant that Jesus is going to arrive, and we need to know before Jesus actually comes on Christmas Day, We need to know who this Jesus is that we are preparing for. And so when Paul, by example, writes a letter, he always begins with an introduction of who he is. Introductions are important. Uh, In in letters, you have an introduction of sorts. You have a salutation. um, And if you're writing a letter and you want to be heard credibly, by whoever you're writing the letter to, then you always introduce yourself if you are someone unknown to who you're writing the letter to. And so Paul does that um, in almost every occasion in his letters to the churches, including this letter that he wrote to the church in Rome. He says, Paul, a servant of Christ, called to be an apostle, set apart for the gospel of God, which he promised beforehand through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures, the gospel concerning his son, who was descended from David according to the flesh and was declared to be son of God with power according to the spirit of holiness by resurrection from the dead, Jesus Christ our Lord, through whom we have received grace and apostleship, to bring about the obedience of faith among all the Gentiles for the sake of his name, including yourselves, who are called to belong to Jesus Christ. To all God's beloved in Rome, who are called to be saints, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. That's quite an introduction, isn't it? Not only who am I, Paul says, servant of our Lord Jesus, but who is Jesus that I serve? So there's no mistaking what comes after in Romans comes to us with the full authority of Jesus Christ himself. And so introductions are important. A good introduction will open doors. It lends credibility to the author. It establishes common ground from which a relationship can develop Introductions help us to know who a person is and from where they come and what their intentions might be toward us. Introductions are important. They're like references in a resume. We include references and letters of introduction when we apply for a job, don't we? so that people considering us will know who we are, where we come from, what our experience might be, who and what we represent in terms of qualifications and character. And so Paul's letter to the Romans is no different in this regard. He says, I'm a devoted slave of Jesus Christ and I'm on assignment. I'm authorized as an apostle to proclaim God's words and his acts. And I write this letter to all the believers in Rome and and really everywhere who are friends of God. Are you a friend of God today? Tell your neighbor, I'm a friend of God. Amen. Amen. See, the sacred writings contain these preliminary reports by the prophets on the coming of God's son. The prophets wrote down their prophecies on the coming Messiah, including his his descent from David's roots, his unique identity as the son of God was. It was shown by the spirit when Jesus was raised from the dead, Paul says, setting him apart as the Messiah, as our master, as our savior. And through Jesus, we receive both the generous gift of his life and the urgent task of passing that gospel message on to others who receive it by entering into obedient relationship and trust of Jesus. In other words, Paul says, you are who you are, Christian. You are who you are, church through this gift and calling of Jesus Christ himself. And Paul says, I greet you now with all the generosity of God, our Father and our Master, Jesus, the Messiah. So there's no doubt in Paul's mind and in anybody who receives Paul's letter that Jesus is exactly who he said he is. And so we shift to the gospel of Matthew, where Matthew talks about the birth of Jesus. I'm going to read to you from the message version. The birth of Jesus took place like this. His mother, Mary, was engaged to be married to Joseph. Before they came to the marriage bed, Joseph discovered that Mary was pregnant. It was by the Holy Spirit, but Joseph didn't know that. Joseph, chagrined but noble, determined to take care of things quietly so Mary would not be disgraced. While he was trying to figure a way out, he had a dream. And God's angel spoke in the dream, Joseph, son of David. Don't hesitate to get married. Mary's pregnancy is spirit conceived. God's Holy Spirit has made her pregnant. She will bring a son to birth, and when she does, you, Joseph, will name him Jesus, which means God saves, because he will save his people from their sins. This would bring the prophet's embryonic sermon to full term. Watch for this. A virgin will get pregnant and bear a son. They will name him Emmanuel, which is Hebrew, for God is with us. Then Joseph woke up. He did exactly what God's angel commanded in the dream. He married Mary. But he did not consummate the marriage until she had the baby. And he named the baby Jesus. See, Matthew's introduction of Jesus establishes some key things about this person, Jesus, Jesus. This person for whom we're doing all of the preparations in this Advent season. See, it establishes first and foremost that he is born into the house of David. It's an important point because ancient prophecy told that the Messiah would come from the Davidic lineage. Jesus, the Messiah, was born into the house of David. And it also establishes that Jesus was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit, born of a virgin. That Jesus was born of a woman in fulfillment of prophecy and was therefore completely human in every respect. And he was conceived by the Holy Spirit supernaturally, making him fully divine as well. I know it's hard to wrap our human minds around that, but Jesus is fully human and fully divine at the same time. How does that happen? It's a mystery of the faith. So Matthew's introduction also establishes that the very name Jesus was God-ordained. Mary and Joseph didn't look through the Hebrew name book and say, ah, Jesus. No. God told Joseph, name him Jesus, which translated from the Hebrew means God saves. Now, this name, Emmanuel, is another Hebrew word that says God is with us. That too is in fulfillment of prophecy. And to make it clear that he was the incarnate deity, the embodiment of the word, the fullness of the Godhead bodily, he was instructed to call him Emmanuel. Named Jesus, called Emmanuel, and incidentally called many things through the course of his life, his ministry on earth, son of God, son of David, Emmanuel, Prince of Peace, Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God. There's so many names and they all speak to us about the character and nature of Jesus Christ. And so this introduction of Jesus is part of our Advent preparation. The season of Advent itself is an introduction. Introductions prepare us to receive what is to come. And Jesus' introduction in Matthew and in Paul's letter to the Romans gives us every reason that we need to receive Jesus as Messiah. It's all there, wrapped up in a nice Christmas package with a Holy Ghost bow on the top. See, the fulfillment of prophecy, the pedigree of Jesus' lineage, the supernatural conception, the annunciation by the angels. What more do we need, I wonder, to receive him as Lord? It's a question you have to ponder in your heart. Just as Mary pondered all of the events that took place when she was waiting for the birth of her son, she pondered them in her heart. And we have to do that same kind of preparation for the arrival of Jesus. We have to ponder what exactly does this arrival of the Christ child mean to us? See, when I was a kid, and and incidentally, my mom still does this for our grandkids, we used to get these advent calendars. Are you familiar with these? Advent calendars. And with the doors that you open one per day, beginning on December 1st, and each day until Christmas Day, you open a door and each door has, uh, well, in the ones that we got, uh, a piece of chocolate behind the door, right? So starting December 1, you got a piece of ch- chocolate and that meant you were one day closer to opening the biggest door on the calendar, Which not only meant a bigger piece of chocolate, but more importantly, it meant that Christmas had arrived. When you opened the big door, it was Christmas Day. For me, the joy in the calendar was the sense of excitement and expectation. As... The big day drew nearer and nearer. Every daily door opened was a new discovery, and the big reveal on Christmas Day was all the more joyous because of the expectation built up each day along the way. It wasn't so much the destination as it was the journey, which is kind of like the sanctifying life that we have in Christ, isn't it? Every day. Every day more and more like Christ. What an exciting journey that is. And so the advent of our Lord and Savior should be like that for us. Each day during this Advent season, we should open our hearts and minds like a little door and receive into our spirit a little sweet morsel of understanding, a little more Scripture, a little more hope, a little more love, a little more joy, a little more peace each day until... When the day finally comes and Jesus is finally among us, God is with us, Emmanuel arrives on the scene and the glory of our Lord is revealed to us. Christmas Day. My prayer for you this season is that Christmas would be like that for you. The fulfillment of of an Advent season of expectation, better than you hoped for or could have imagined, that you would be filled with awe and expectation and that you would be fully prepared to receive that Savior that was introduced to you and to the world so many years ago, that as you open your hearts to receive Jesus, you would be so overcome with the realization that your life is not the same because of that event. Your life will never be the same once you have the advent of Christ enter your heart as a believer. You have been transformed. You're not the same person you used to be. You you. realize that you're not walking through the trials and tribulations of this life alone ever again. As you open your hearts to receive him. You recognize that transformation in yourself. And you begin the preparation for his second advent, his second coming with the same urgency, the same expectation and hope and joy, realizing the love and the peace that he has brought you and understanding that when he comes again, he will be coming in all his glory to receive you unto himself. Forever. Forever. Do we understand the gravity of that word? Like so many words, we we tend to toss them out so casually. Do we understand that forever means eternal life with Him? In the presence of God? No more tears, no more sorrow, no more pain. All the things that he promises coming to fruition for you and for me. Not because of anything we've done. But because of everything that he has done. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen.